Okay, so you didn't hear it from me, but you can find some amazing deals on activewear at Kohl's right now. I'm talking major brands. Like, it almost seems too good to be true, but it's not. I got some super cute sneakers from Adidas, and the Nike tee I got for my daughter was 25% off. And not to brag, but I also earned triple rewards with my Kohl's card. So you know I'm going back for the Fitbit Versa 3. Or will I get the Under Armour leggings? Select styles. Kohl's Rewards members earn double or triple rewards February 24th through 28th. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. And welcome to another episode of the Philly Brocast. I am your host and with you as uh, for the first time. Uh, Sean, Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming uh, on with me. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I uh, appreciate it. Um, so, Sean, um, not many people uh, know who you are. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, get the people used to you. Sure. And uh, we'll kind of start some uh, some sports talk. All right. All right. Well, so I am a, I am a lifelong Eagles fan. Um, uh, long, since nine years old, I've been watching uh, – watching them play. I, I went through all the, the years with uh, Cunningham and Buddy Ryan and uh, the, the wonderful years with Rich Kotite. Um, and uh, I don't, th- I, I, you know, I don't think I've, I was, I was thinking about this earlier. I've, I probably have, you know, I can probably count how many games I've missed, uh, you know, on both hands, I, you know, throughout the years. So um, I played a little bit, I played, uh, um, you know, throughout school, high school, and then, uh, and I put, played semi-pro a little bit down near, Philadelphia uh, for a semi-pro team. Um, and I'm just a big Eagles fan. I, uh, you know, we were talking earlier, I, I decided to, to give this whole podcast thing a shot. I recorded my first one uh, yesterday. Uh, the Bald Eagle is my, uh, my podcast name and, 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 and Bald Eagle 4133 is my social media. If you guys want to, want to give me a follow, but, um, but yeah, so, so big Eagles fan. Um, and, uh, and, and I appreciate, uh, appreciate you inviting me and, and look forward to, a good chat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm really excited uh, for for your podcast to kind of uh, uh, get off the ground. Uh, like you said, you just started your first one, so uh, once you get a couple under your belt, we'll, uh, we'll share it to the people, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, start you into the Phillyverse family and and get this thing rocking and rolling. And hey, by the time uh, you know the Eagles are playing, you'll be uh, you'll be a seasoned vet. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and hopefully the Eagles play on time. Uh, hopefully the Eagles play uh, with a majority of the stadium full. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, and by then I'll, hopefully I'll have a couple under my belt and, and uh, have a little following. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's awesome. Uh, welcome. Uh, welcome aboard. And uh, you know, we'll just kind of roll right into that. Um, your kind of, um, I don't know. I want to say uh, thoughts, but what what is your maybe prediction? Come football season, come that first game, are are all of us going to be in that stadium, or you know, you said maybe maybe only half full or at small capacity? What's what's your prediction there for for the beginning of the season? Well, let me preface all this by saying that that my predictions so far have all been wrong, um, <laughs> with the exception of one. Um, I didn't think that we would treat this, I don't know that anybody, I guess, would have predicted it, but I would have never thought we'd treat this virus the way we did with the, with the stay at home orders and shutting down businesses. Sure. Um, so, you know, in, in my opinion, by the time um, August rolls around and we have our first preseason game, you know, perhaps there won't be a lot of, a lot of fans in the, in the seats for preseason, but by, by the time September rolls around, I, I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful that 
that things are very close to being normal again by then. You know, there's, it's really hard, right? Yeah. And it's really hard to differentiate between, you know, with all the news going on, what, what's accurate and what, what the people that are in charge that are making these decisions are going to listen to and, and agree with. But right. I mean, from, from the stuff I've been watching, um, it, it seems like the, the virus is not nearly as deadly as we thought uh, in the beginning, especially for people under, I think, 65 and or without any health conditions. Sure. So, I mean, I, logically speaking, it, it should be full capacity. Okay. Now, do you think, uh, you know, given everything, do you think that maybe people will choose personally not to go to those games and do you think there's going to be a, an effect uh, that way of maybe people, you know, selling off t- tickets or season tickets, not maybe wanting to be in a crowd of, you know, 40, 50, 60,000? Possibly infected people. Right. I, would, I would say um, I would say that there may be, uh, I, I don't think it would be a big part of the population, but there probably is, um, you know, people that have, you know, pre-existing conditions uh, and older people perhaps. But I, I think that, I don't think there's going to be a significant drop in, in overall attendance. I think that there'll be enough people that are willing to go and, and that will are willing to buy the tickets that'll, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that every stadium is going to be packed because the charger stadiums weren't packed before. So, um, ouch, ouch, low blow. Right. So, so, um, but I, I don't think there's going to be a significant drop off, drop off on in-person attendance. Yeah, like- no, I, I think, I think personally, um, you know, Eagles fans and, and anybody I've certainly talked to, are foaming at the mouth to, to get some football action. So I would assume that, yeah, maybe there might be a, a contingent of people that um, maybe not, maybe not, you know, want to kind of put themselves uh, in that situation. And, and I'm, I'm assuming the kind of the resale ticket market will uh, certainly get a boom uh, for all the, you know, the exchange in tickets. So, you know, um, I, I completely agree. The other thing too, you mentioned people are foaming in the mouth for football. I think people are foaming in the mouth for any sport, any, anything competitive. I think anything competitive. I think you know there were memes about about people getting excited about uh, bowling. I think because we had nothing else to watch. So I think you know, uh, fortunately for me, because I'm a only an NFL fan. You know, you know that. So fortunately for me, this whole virus thing, sports wise, has lined up perfectly. It happened right after the Super Bowl. Right. Um, and, and in my opinion, it should be pretty much over by the time regular season starts. So I think the NFL, um, I don't know that, I don't know that, that it's, that it's going to have a significant impact on, on the NFL's games and, and their schedule. I, I pray that it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I, read, uh, I did read an article though, that, that Philadelphia would be one of the, uh, the most impacted stadiums. If you're not allowed, we're not allowed to have fans that Philadelphia generates a higher percentage of their revenue from, um, I don't know if it's ticket sales or, or if it's, uh, you know, f- from um, drinks and all that stuff. But I, I heard that, that the Eagles are one of the earn a lot of revenue from from in-person, uh, you know, fans. Yeah. If it comes down to that, we would be more affected than most. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure um, while may, maybe not the, you know, the top of the list of importance, um, I'm sure it's on on the mind of Jeffrey Lurie and, and, and everyone in that front office that, you know, not only the revenue that the, the team kind of generates, but, you know, I also kind of read an article that the Eagles are um, uh, based on a few different stats as far as, you know, maybe like false start penalties and 
you know, um, stuff like that generated from home noise that Eagles are in a top five um, category in, in kind of generating that home field advantage, so to speak. So that on-field play would also be affected. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things people don't really – you know, when you, when you take a group of, of men who train as hard as they possibly can, as often as they possibly can, um, you know, the littlest, the littlest thing can make the biggest difference. You know, people kind of underrate, I think anyway, um, the impact on, you, you know, on the, on the players when, when they're at their home field, I think it's a huge advantage and you're right. I think crowd noise is going to be a big, is going to be a big deal, especially, you know, for one of the top stadiums, we all know the the Seahawks are well known for their, for their 12th, Man, so it it will impact home field advantage, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, and I know I know for me, uh, you know, season ticket holder, I'm certainly excited to to be going down there tailgating, um, and, and kind of enjoying um, normalcy at the at the ballpark. So, um, yeah, I mean, everything so far lately has been kind of in steps in the right direction. Um, training facilities are, are going to be opening um, June 5th. Uh, you know, Friday is a big day for for, for uh, kind of Southeast PA. So hopefully kind of cross all of these, you know, uh, check marks and, and can kind of move to the next phase. So the, the virtual offseason was extended for two weeks. Yeah. Uh, do you know that uh, – do you know if all teams um, are in – because the problem we had was that the state of Pennsylvania and specific counties were limited. Right. So June 5th is, is when Philadelphia County goes to yellow, the whole state will at least be yellow and, and will allow for training. So do you know that if in two weeks, the, the goal is to have every state where there's an NFL, NFL team to be open enough to practice. So is, is virtual, the virtual off season going to be over in two weeks? Yeah. So, so I, I believe the plan is for those, um, counties that host um you know nfl facilities that all of them within the next two weeks should be in a yellow status to where they can return um you know kind of to a to an off-season uh programming um i know generally speaking um you know there's usually there's usually things mid-june um you know kind of um you know, uh, uh, mandatory OTAs and stuff like that uh, coming up. So I think two weeks is kind of the next uh, hurdle to where all NFL teams can hopefully get to that next step and, um, you know, get, uh, you know, get to to normalcy. Because again, they're obviously you don't want, you know, one one or two or three teams kind of uh, left behind while everybody else is, doing their normal programs, you, you know, they're sitting, sitting at home still. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that happens so that, you know, once everybody's clear, you know, everybody can get back to, to the normal off season program. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess if, if there was a team that wasn't able to open, they would extend the virtual off season to make it as fair as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I would assume they, they would extend that as much as they could. Right. Um, I, I would assume, you know, what normally training camp is uh, end of July, mid to end July. So, um, you know, I, I think that's more of an important kind of date um, should things progress uh, negatively until then. Um, you know, uh, OTAs aren't as important. They're, you know, 
two, three days, kind of little mini camps. So um, hopefully we don't lose those, but I think, I think that's the, you know, the least of our worries if, uh, you know, a few of those happen to, to get missed. So, you know, one of the things that I think will prevent um, a second wave of closings um, or even, you know, maybe um, backing up on, on, on release going from yellow to green. I, I frankly think there's going to be a point where, um, every governor, specifically our governor, has a choice that whether they're either going to file bankruptcy, state bankruptcy, or or just open. So, yeah. um, you know, again, in my opinion, um, not only do I think we should be open by then, I don't think there's going to be a huge threat of if there's some sort of resurgent for the virus or 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 whatever. I don't think there's going to be, be a big threat of another shutdown because I don't know that we could afford it. Yeah. Afford yeah, they're... they're- Definitely has to, that has to factor into things, but, right. and, and, you know, unfortunately with everything that's kind of, and again, I won't get into it, but with everything that's going on with the, the protesting and the rioting and whatnot currently, um, I worry that just the interaction uh, of all of this, um, and, you know, this may unfortunately kind of help to spread uh, the virus uh, a little bit more than than maybe we were were hoping. Um, I'm hoping that fact alone doesn't kind of contribute to us slowing down and or kind of taking a step back. Yeah, well, I mean, the good news is that that um, I know here in Pennsylvania, I think we I don't think we've had a new a new case in two days. We've had reduced. Oh, wow. I mean, it, it's been I, maybe uh, perhaps that was Lehigh County, or I'm not sure if it was the full state of Lehigh County, but there's there's been a drastic reduction. Oh. Yeah, there's been a dra- drastic reduction in, in confirmed cases and, and everything. Um, you know, so it, it, perhaps perhaps people grouping a lot of people grouping together uh, could make that slightly worse. But for, in my opinion, and, and and you know, we don't have to get too far into this because I know for some reason, and I'm not sure exactly why this has become a political issue. Um, it seems like you know, the stay at homers and are, are, are typically what Democrats and the people that want to get back to work are typically Republicans for one reason or another. But my opinion about this whole virus from the beginning was that it was more widespread than we ever thought, primarily because China is never transparent with anything. Um, you know, I'm in the financial services industry and, and we have to rely on our own data to figure out what kind of revenue they're generating as a country, their GDP, their uh, you know, all that stuff. We have to look at Starbucks, uh, same store sales. We have to look at FedEx deliveries because they're not even honest about their financial data. So um, w- when they told us that this was a wasn't being able to, to be transmitted human to human or, or, or uh, animal to human, um, you know, and when they go back and they say, well, we've we, you know, we discovered it in January. I, I you know, I, I pretty I have a pretty strong belief that it was here way before that. And so I I've subscribed to the theory that many more people were infected from the very beginning. So the whole point is that hopefully um, the the majority of people that are going to get infected have already, um, and and so you know us being in big groups won't have a meaningful impact on on future infections. I you know I don't know, but I'm I'd like sure. to, again I'm I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's really all you kind of can be at, at this point, um, and, and hope that. Um, you know, all of this, um, you know, stuff that's going on in the world isn't going to kind of set us back. And, um, you know, again, depending on obviously how long things last, um, you know, we'll, we'll determine some of that. But but I think you're right. I think, you know, a lot of people that I've been hearing that, you know, if you if you get it, you're really not really going to technically get it again, almost, you know, 
it's kind of like chicken pox, I guess. Um, so uh, again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, don't, I don't think anybody truly knows the the long term effects, but you know, uh, that's you know, I guess for another you know uh, certainly smarter person uh, to determine than I. Um, but um, you know, enough. Uh, I was going to say uh, enough of the uh, kind of virus talk. Let's yeah. talk Eagles roster. And I actually posed this question uh, to Eric on the Football Smack Talk show last night. Uh, and I will pose the question to you. Uh, what is one position battle that you are looking forward to uh, for training camp? One position battle. Um, well, I, I don't know that it's necessarily a position battle, but I'm, I'm eager to see how uh, the running back uh, tandem comes, comes to uh, – comes to form. I, I'm, I'm eager to see if Miles Sanders can continue his uh, stretch at the end of last year, if Boston Scott can be an, a good replacement for, for the electricity of Sproles. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see who we, you know, who we pick up. I, I mean, it looks like Corey Clement might be our, our temporary third stringer and uh, you know, people are fighting for, for that spot. So are we going to bring in a veteran? Is it going to be LaShawn McCoy? I, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in that position. Um I don't know that there's any. I have to look through the. I have to look at the uh, the depth chart to see if there's any uh, specific position I'm looking for. Well, no, I, I agree with you. Running back is um, it's certainly on my mind because I feel like there's two schools of thought right now. It's hey, you know, we picked up um, you know two undrafted uh, rookie free agents. Uh, we have you know two practice squad guys. Uh, we have, um, you know, Corey Clement, Super Bowl hero, and then Miles Sanders. Uh, so we're good. Uh, we have plenty of, you know, plenty of people. Um, or you're in the school of thought that, you know, hey, three of these people haven't never stepped foot on an NFL field officially. One of them only because 800 people got hurt in front of him, uh, and that being Boston Scott. Uh, one of which was Corey Clement, who has an injury history that's growing ever long, uh, and is technically the veteran in the room. Um, so that, obviously, that's where I stand. That scares me a little bit, given just kind of all of those factors. Uh, I am in the mindset of adding someone, um, hopefully not named LaShawn McCoy, um, <laughs> I love LaShawn. I, 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 you know, cherished him while he was here, but um, you can tell that he's, he's really lost a, a step and or two. Right. Um, the, you know, it was evident the fact that he wasn't even dressed for the Super Bowl, and those who were ahead of him were not that talented. So that said a lot to me. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm in the camp of bringing in somebody like a Freeman. Um, we did, uh, you know, technically offer him a contract. I don't know whether or not that'll stick or what, but I still think we need to add some sort of veteran presence who can kind of fight and push the young guys, um, you know, uh, to kind of mold the, the roster. So I guess uh, I, I I guess I'm a little torn. I don't know for sure that we need a, a, a another uh, veteran running back. I think that that's what the coaches are for. I think the coaches are the ones that are supposed to, I mean, I guess, it, you know, there is a, there is a benefit to having a, to having a veteran because they've experienced it, but, but, you know, we have a, um, 
you know, the, the running backs coach is, uh, you know, a former player himself. I, I, I'm losing his. Yeah. So I think, I think that's his job. I, I personally would be, I'd be perfectly fine if we didn't get a better running back. And when it comes down to uh, Devonta Freeman and, and McCoy, I don't know that there's a clear winner in my opinion, you know, you're right. McCoy has lost a step and perhaps two. Um, and he, and he carries the ball loosely. Um, he's a, he, you know, he's a, he's a, he relies on, he relied on his athleticism and his ability to cut and make people miss throughout his whole career. And now he's lost a little bit of that. Um, so he's still, but he, but in his head, he still tries. So, so it's, you know, I don't know that he would be a great, I don't know that he'd be a great addition and what role would he play? We, you know, we have a, what I, what I believe is a, 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 a full-time back in, in Miles Sanders. And then we have a nice change of pace in Boston Scott. What, what role would LaShawn McCoy play? Um, he wouldn't be faster. He wouldn't be, um, I mean, I guess it would be somewhat different, but I, I just, and then you got to think too, when you have different style of runners, you have an, you have a, a, a much tougher job as an offensive lineman. Um, you know, if you block and you open up a hole and LaShawn McCoy jumps and goes outside, now now you got to block outside. I mean, it just, you know, I think it's a, a real different running style, and I, and I don't think it – I don't know where it would necessarily fit. Other than experience yeah. and passing on experience, what 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 plays would we put him in on? Well, that's that's the thing. I, that's another reason why I'm against LaShawn McCoy. Um, I just don't think he would necessarily fit. Um, as far as Boston Scott um, – yeah, I, he's definitely kind of that Sproles uh, role, um, but you know Sproles barely ran the ball. Uh, you know he only got a few carries if he was lucky. He was more uh, you know a, a part of the passing game. So that's kind of where I feel like maybe Sanders isn't a true you know, and I don't think Sanders ever will be a true bell cow type number one bull. Give me the give me the ball twenty five times. Um, but uh, I, I think if you can bring somebody in to kind of spell him for, um, you know, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, eight, seven, eight carries with, you know, uh, Boston Scott taking a couple and, you know, maybe, you know, somebody, you know, whoever the fourth guy, you know, maybe getting in there for a play or two. Uh, I think that's how kind of the running back situation should fall. And that's why I like Freeman, because while, yeah, he may have uh, a few injuries, he's still only 28. Uh, he is definitely a, you know, kind of a banger, um, definitely a different runner than Sanders. So I think as far as change of pace, that works beautifully. And I think he would fit well with Boston Scott as well, because that's, a, again, a different, all three are kind of very different in what they do. Um, and and that's, that's why I think Freeman might be a, a little bit of a better fit um, and hope that, you know, again, he might be happy kind of taking those, seven to eight carries plus a, you know, a few in the passing game. I don't know if, if he's, you know, wanting that in his career at this point, I, I'm sure he thinks he's a number one back, but <laughs> number one, number one offers aren't re- really coming out there. So um, he has an offer from, uh, from the Buccaneers, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Buccaneers have a plethora of mediocre, mediocre running backs um, that I'm, I'm sure he would probably fight with. Um, and and kind of have a you know running back by committee with you know Peyton Barber and and Ronald Jones the third so yeah I, I I would I guess I would I guess I would agree with you I guess I would if if we're gonna pick between McCoy or Freeman I would I would prefer Freeman because he does have a different type of running style and he and he would 
complement our backfield better. Um, he's 27, so I don't think we, I don't, I, I, you know, no matter what decision we make, I hope I'm hopeful it's not a long contract. I'm, I'm assuming it wouldn't be, and I'm hopeful it's for close to the league minimum. I don't want to, I don't want to sacrifice too much cap space on on something. I don't think is a a necessity. I, I understand the, co- you know, the, it seems like the the coaching staff does, but but I I don't necessarily so. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I agree. We, we have over 20, uh, 20 million right now. Um, I would certainly like for them to add another D-back, uh, yeah. a linebacker, maybe yeah. a backup uh, offensive lineman. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, there's, there's a couple, uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple of, uh, of people that I'd, I'd certainly love to kind of see, or at least positions I'd like to see. But I think if you could add uh, Freeman, you know, one-year deal, you know, kind of similar to, to what you had Howard at, um, you know, I, I think that would be okay. Um, and I'd even be willing to kind of maybe pay a tiny bit more um, just to kind of get his services uh, away from a team like Tampa Bay, who certainly uh, are just trying to load up as much as possible for, for Tom Brady and his, you know, downward, uh, you know, uh, hill of his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you do you uh, do you think that you mentioned Don Brady's downward part of his career? Do you think he's gonna what, what kind of a year do you think he's gonna have? Um, I don't know. It's tough to say because while just looking at Tom Brady uh, and and last year, uh, you could definitely tell um, you know some rust is showing. Right. Um, I mean, he's what forty two, forty three. <laughs> I mean, jeez. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm, I, I just turned 39 and I don't know how he's doing it because I could barely get up in the morning just from, you know, having my, you know, my three-year-old sleeping next to me, kicking me in the back all night. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, good for him and all, but uh, you could definitely tell the skills were, were you know, a little bit uh, kind of not so Tom Brady, uh, Brady-like. So uh, you have to factor that in. But you also have to factor in he's going to a very uh, talented offensive team. Right. Mike Evans, Godwin, you you, you already have O.J. Howard. You're bringing in Gronk. You have Bray. You have a couple of uh, halfway decent uh, running backs. Uh, the offensive line wasn't great, but you addressed it in the draft. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think that may kind of um, counteract a little bit. But Tampa Bay is still Tampa Bay. Uh, I, you know, I love the people that are like, oh, they're clearly the, the team to beat in the NFC. They're going to the Super Bowl. Honestly, I don't see how they're going to, I don't see how they're going to make the playoffs. I really don't. Really? I know. I mean, think about it. You're in a division with uh, not only the Saints, who are just awesome. They're just right. a great team. Right. Um, you have Atlanta, which are very hot and cold and they were a little cold last year. So they should probably be hot this year. Right. Uh, Car- Carolina, you never know what you're going to get with them, but they're usually never the direct of the league. So they're usually competitive. And then you have Tampa Bay. So that's six games right there that they're, you know, going to have to face off against halfway decent competition. You know, the fact of the matter is also Tom Brady is going to be facing a lot of teams that he's not really used to facing. Right. Uh, going up against def- defenses that aren't really, uh, he's used to going up against. And, you know, again, who knows how much uh, true training camp he's going to get trying to work on timing and, and everything with his new teammates. Right. Um, so there's a lot of factors in. Um, you know, again, maybe year two, he might be a little bit better, but 
in my opinion, I don't think he makes the playoffs. Um, maybe now with that like seventh, uh, seven total playoffs per, per conference, maybe they might be the seventh uh, for the playing game. But I really just don't have any faith that they're going to do anything halfway decent. I, and, and and frankly, I agree with I agree with almost everything you said. I I think um, he did look he did look rusty last year. He he wasn't the, the typical Tom Brady that we were, we're used right. to. Um, and and you're and you're looking at Tom Brady in the system he's been in his almost his entire career with the same coach that he's had for his entire career. So um, exactly. he, it's going to be a it's going to be a I think a big change for him. And and I don't know that it's going to be a good one. I, I don't think. You know, it's a, it, you know, you mentioned your age. I'm, I'm 40. I'm going to be 42 in a few weeks. So I don't know how he's doing it physically. And I don't know how he's doing it mentally because he's going to have to learn, uh, you know, a new playbook. And, and I'm sure some things are, uh, you know, are pretty are routine through through different offenses. But I can't imagine there's still there's still more to learn. And you're right. He, he, you know, he had been working with most of his receivers uh, through a full training camp. There's a there's a whole system. And I think that's one of the things that I that I'm going to find pretty interesting this year is to see. I mean, this will answer the question: Was Tom Brady a product of Belichick's system? Absolutely. Or was he just a, 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 a just a, a, a great quarterback? And and so we'll find out. We'll find. And I don't know. You mentioned his second year, but I don't know if he's got a second year in him. He might not. Because he might not. If, if you look at the if you look at the, the the slide that he had between last year and the year before, I thought it was pretty significant. Yeah, I agree. Last year, I it looked like he should retire. The year before, it didn't. The year no, before, I, I thought he could have played for a couple more years. He looked invincible. Last year, not so much. If there's a similar decline between this year or last year and this year, I, I don't think he's playing a, a second year. I think he's retiring. Yeah, um, I honestly, I, I'm really excited to to get that answer of whether or not Tom Brady was a product of Bell Belichick. Uh, <laughs> And honestly, if I was Tom Brady, I would have just retired or I would have stayed in New England. This this could have technically ruin his, you know, goat status, uh, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and kind of, yeah, if he's just average, you know, people are going to be like, oh, well, clearly Bill Belichick had a lot more to do with it than we thought. Right. Especially if the Patriots do well. And, and you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know who their starting quarterback is going to be. Brian Hoyer right now, technically. Well, if, if Belichick can win with Brian Hoyer, then I think that would I think that would eliminate Tom Brady from being one of the best yep. quarterbacks in the NFL. Absolutely. Ever. So, um, so that's it's going to be interesting to see how well how how Belichick puts together a team and how well his quarterback does, and it's going to be really interesting to see how Tom Brady does. It's um, it's going to be I'm looking forward to it. And you're yeah. right, you know he's gone from a division that had the the Jets, right, the Bills, um, and the Do- and the Dolphins, correct? Yep. Yeah, I mean those three teams probably okay. haven't won as many games as the Saints have over the last ten years, yeah. right? Okay. So he's going into a significantly uh, more competitive division, significantly. Yeah. So no, couldn't agree more. I, I uh, you know, as much as obviously, um, uh, you know, the Patriots broke my heart back in, uh, you know, in, uh, back in uh, what oh five oh six. Yeah. Um, you know, and the fact that we got a little revenge was nice, but I'll always have a, a, a place in my in my heart for hatred of the of the New England Patriots. Well, wait, uh, wait, wait a minute. You're you're putting all the blame on the Patriots. Oh well, no. I mean, Donovan McNabb did, did did he had five turnovers himself. <laughs> he gave the game away. He gave the, you want to talk about ruining your legacy, right? I mean, Donovan I mean, McNabb could have gone down. 
as the, the best the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback ever. Easily. Easily. Four four NFC championships, a Super Bowl yeah. win. And, and, and you know, you figure um, his decline was pretty, pretty drastic after oh, that Super Bowl. And it, I would assume that a big part of it was mental. I mean, you saw him throw the ball into the ground. How much? And that's not a physical thing. He still had an arm. He just couldn't no. get it to the receiver. So, um, you know, you, you figure if he wins the Super Bowl, perhaps his mentality is different and perhaps his career ends differently. Maybe we go to a second one. Maybe we go to Maybe T.O. States. Right. Right. I yeah. honestly, that, that is what I, I, I feel like is Donovan McNabb's number one uh, of, of failure. It oh, yeah. is not stepping up, being a man, swallowing your pride. And realizing that you have the best receiver you will ever have by leaps and bounds. There wasn't even a close second. And you know what? You just kind of got to be like, hey, listen, wide receivers are crazy. Let them have it. Do your sit-ups. Whatever, dude. Just get back on the field. Let's play some ball. Right. That's the one thing I will – the number one thing I blame him for. Uh, Yeah, Super Bowl, not, not his finest moment either. Uh, and believe me, I'm I'm not the biggest Donnie fan, uh, especially his post-playing career has not really been the best. Um, just from a personal, uh, you know, uh, point of for his and his professional uh, kind of broadcast career. Sure. Um, not a fan. So uh, believe me, I'm there. Uh, not not uh, you know liking Donovan McNabb either. You know, the, the one thing I remember from I remember from that season, that was back when they had training camp at Lehigh University. Mm-hmm. And I was in a job where I, I made my own schedule. So I was at almost every training camp. Oh, that's awesome. And, that's awesome. and I remember that year, the first the first day I went to training camp, there was and I can't explain it. And, and I don't think I'll ever be able to. But there was just a feeling that we were going to the Super Bowl to the point where um, I almost and I should have in hindsight. But back then it was first come first serve for signatures. And they had, you know, uh, the offensive lineman one day and the running backs another day. Yeah. yeah. So I could have easily grabbed the program and got all the starting players signatures on the pro on the training camp program. And, uh, and that would have been a great souvenir, but it, yeah. it was, it, it, we knew we were going, it, it was almost yeah. like, uh, it was just a feeling. And this, the season was great. Um, you know, there was a, there was a lot of issues with, with TO and I guess we kind of expected that, but, but you're right. That was his year. He, if if he were to, if there was any year for Donovan to say, forget anything other than winning football games, that was the year to do it because he had so much talent around him, so much talent. Um, and, and you know, just that's that that Super Bowl was so disappointing because we, we lost by three points with five turnovers. Five. You take one of those turnovers back, and perhaps that's a field goal, and, and it's tied, or we. It's, right. it's, uh, it, what, it, whenever I talk about him, I always say that I think that, that Donovan McNabb was a really, really good quarterback. Really good. Yeah. And I appreciate, really I appreciate the wins. I appreciate the NFC championships. I, I appreciate being the, the, you know, crushing everybody in the NFC East. I, I, I appreciate that. And it made me feel good. But if he wants to be considered a great quarterback, if he wants yeah. to, uh, to really deserve that uh, Philadelphia Eagle Hall of Fame spot, right, um, or a Hall of Fame spot in general, he needs to win the Super Bowl. He needs to win that game. Do you um, think he's a Hall of Famer right now? Yes or no? He's an Eagles Hall of Famer, yeah. You don't think he's a professional football Hall of Famer? He is in the Hall of No, I'm saying, do you think he will ever get into the Hall of Fame? Do I think he will? I don't know. I don't think he should. I don't think <laughs> he should. 
because I don't think Hall of Fame quarterbacks choke, you know, in, the choke in the in the biggest game of their life and of the of the franchise's uh, history. I, I don't think I don't think I, I unfortunately I think just numbers wise, if you just look at who's in there and 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 what uh, I think he 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 definitely gets in eventually. Um, I think a lot of for me the bad taste obviously the Super Bowl. And, and, you know, I think his post-Eagles career, whether it be with, you know, in the NFL or outside of the NFL, has definitely le- left a sour taste in my mouth as well. So I think I- I'm trying to combat that, that kind of hatred um, to try and be a little bit impartial. Um, I just think numbers-wise, even without the Super Bowl, I think, I think he beats a lot of current quarterbacks in the NFL uh, Hall of Fame. So... That's the only reason why I think he should, he'll get in. Do I think he should? Probably not. I personally think Hall of Fame should be more exclusive than they are. All right. all major sports, personally, I think they just basically you know let anybody in eventually. So, and that's I think that's what that's why I don't think he deserves to be a Hall of Famer because I, I agree. I think the Hall of Fame should be more exclusive. I, I don't think they should let anybody and everybody in. And I think some people have gotten in it that perhaps it, it should be more, it should be more exclusive. I don't know that necessarily a Super Bowl is a requirement for a quarterback, but I no. think in his career, I, I think it would be, but you're right. It's statistically speaking and, and, and not just statistically speaking, but the fact that with the exception of Terrell Owens, he really never had a top tier receiver. I mean, no. <laughs> you, know, you think of the likes of Todd Pinkston. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. He was caught up in the Right. He, he would, he was afraid to get hit and he was, and he, was a, he was a starting, one of our starting receivers. So, um, you know, he never really had any, any talent and, and perhaps, you know, you could blame Andy Reid for that, but, um, yeah, I think to get into the hall of fame, I think he, he had to win the Super Bowl. I, I, in my opinion, but you're right. He, he probably will get inducted. He probably eventually, um, he has the numbers and, 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 and in time he probably will, but I'll tell you, I was, I was torn when he was elected to the, when he was inducted into the Eagles Hall of Fame. I, I um, yeah, it was still the wounds were still fresh for them. Yeah, they they, they really were. I I didn't um, it didn't. I, I wasn't excited about that. I you know I I would have been fine if he didn't if he didn't make it in. Yeah, yeah, wow. and and you know when you think about you know you mentioned his his career you know post uh, playing. I don't know a lot of. I didn't follow him very closely after he left, but the things that I've heard, it sounds to me like it was a pretty consistent drop, you know, his, his playing, you know, his, his playability dropped drastically too. He was throwing oh, balls yeah. in the dirt. He was, I mean, his st- more than at the, in the, at the Redskins were, were abysmal. Horrible. So it only makes Horrible. sense that he carried that into whatever he decided to do after football. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I definitely hear you, but um, real, real quick though, I, I did want to mention before we get out of here, um, and I, I've literally been looking at it the entire time, uh, but above your left shoulder, there is a little, uh, a, a little thing I have to talk to you about. And I think you need to explain yourself. The New York Giants sign that, that hangs up on your wall behind you. Ugh, that is bad luck. I take no, I take no responsibility or ownership for that side of my office. Uh, my wife, uh, has been going to school online. So I've been working on this side and that's her side. Um, you know, the good news is, is that she is a Giants fan, but she's not a le- like a real football fan. Um, she, she doesn't, you know, she watches it and she'll sit down with me, but it's not like a, she doesn't brag about the game or she doesn't really know who, who's, who's playing or any of that stuff. 
So it's more of a fun, uh, a fun uh, interaction. I can tell you this though, no matter how involved she would have been, if that was, if she was a Cowboys fan, it just wouldn't have worked out. Um, <laughs> any means. There's, you know, I have my limits and I'm, I have, I have some self-respect as an Eagles fan and yeah. lifelong Eagles fan. I, I think it's for me anyway, I've always been taught that you hate the Dallas Cowboys a hair That's less important. than you love the Eagles. So yeah, um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it, it, it works. She's not a, she's not a real big football fan. She just, <laughs> it just happens. You know, it's more of a, she's from Brooklyn. So it's more of a, she likes her home team thing. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. There you go. Well, that, that, that's good. Um, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't want to get, you know, on the, on the wrong foot there. No, uh, with the, the giants in the background. So yeah, I didn't think that was visible. I apologize. Yeah. I've literally been just staring yeah. at it the entire yeah. time. I was like, Hmm, when do I bring it up? Yeah. I gotta get it. This is Ryan. Frankly, this is why I was I was uh, waiting to go, you know, do video. I wanted to get a nice background, you know. Um, I want to get a better webcam, a microphone. So, so you're seeing oh, no. me. Now. You're seeing me. No, at my no, believe, right now. believe me, you should go back to to some of our uh, our first uh, couple shows for the uh, the football smack talk. And um, whoo, it is brutal. <laughs> it is brutal. We we are very big proponents of learning while doing. Um, and kind of, uh, one of our, our great sticks is there's, there always seems to be some sort of technical difficulties that we usually deal with on, on a, either a show by show basis or like a weekly basis. So, uh, just showing you, we have no idea what we're doing technically, te te technologically speaking. Uh, we're just really here. Just, just wanting to talk sports. So, right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, I appreciate you, you coming on, uh, filling in for Ryan. Uh, by the way, uh, should be back uh, next week. He just had a uh, personal matter uh, for anybody who was wondering. Uh, but we want to uh, not only thank Sean, we want to thank everybody for uh, for listening, uh, for checking us out. Don't forget to make sure you follow, like, and share not only this page, but the all of the Phillyverse pages. And don't forget uh, Mondays at 7.30, Football Smack Talk Show. Um, Tuesdays, which is tonight at 8 o'clock for the Philly broadcast. Wednesdays, Mike Sports at 8 o'clock on YouTube. And finally, Thursday, the TLC podcast at 9 o'clock with Eric and Joe. So check those out. More new shows coming. Uh, check out uh, the Bald Eagle uh, podcast coming soon. Uh, we're just kind of just in the baby steps, the beginning steps of it. So uh, we'll get that out to you, and uh, we'll, we're glad to have Sean join the Phillyverse family and uh, bring you lots and lots of Eagles contents throughout the year and during uh, during the season. Ryan, if you don't mind, just a quick plug for my for my podcast. My plan for the podcast is yeah, go, uh, go for it. I don't I don't pay attention to any other sports, strictly NFL and strictly Philadelphia Eagles. It's going to be all all about the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, right. I will avoid uh, politics. <laughs> Because I know that can piss half of the people off. So no politics. You don't have to worry about hearing anything about about that. Um, and I, you know, I don't know how people feel about this. I personally, when I watch some of the NFL pregame shows, they, you know, they'll take you to, uh, you, you know, um, Tom Brady's house and you and you'll talk about his diet and, and things like that. I, I, I'm not going to really, you know, involve myself in any of the personal stuff either. So it's strictly just going to be football, um, and, uh, and and that's it. So Eagles football. Good. Oh, there you go. I yeah. love it. I absolutely love it. So 
check that out, folks. Uh, we'll certainly be posting that all over uh, Phillyverse pages and uh, our groups. Um, so check that out. Sean, again, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to uh, for the future for your podcast. And uh, we will see everybody uh, next week. And uh, hopefully we'll be seeing Sean uh, relatively soon. Um, Thanks for having me, Ryan. Absolutely. So for the Philly broadcast, I'm Ryan. And that's Sean. Have a good one, everybody. Go Birds. See ya. What you doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red, white. I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy. Limitless possibilities. With over 100 million available color combinations and Bose Personal Plus system in the boldly new 2021 Nissan Kicks. Bose is the registered trademark of the Bose Corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealer. See dealer for details. At U.S. Cellular, we believe everyone deserves 5G. And we're so confident in our network, we're offering six months of free service. With 5G included, no extra charge. Plus, 5G is included in all our plans. U.S. Cellular. Taxes, fees, and additional terms apply. See store or uscellular.com for details. At U.S. Cellular, we believe in a new approach, one that puts you first. Visit your authorized agent of U.S. Cellular, located in Claremont, Springfield, and Walpole. Upgrade to FAIR.